Hey Warriors and welcome to the next episode of Warrior Within. I hope you guys have had a great week. Uh, mine's been pretty neat. I uh, got to meet somebody who got led by God to my podcast and he actually lives around here. He's a pastor. He church planted about a year and a half ago and him and I got to meet this last Wednesday. It was a great time of conversation. I'm hoping that we get to build a friendship. He's going to help us get connected and we seem to have some thoughts in common some you know ideas in common and god just you, you know it's just god putting us together so uh if you could pray that you know things will work out with him and and the connections that he can provide for me um as well as what i could provide for him as well that you know that god will just use that to really build up what's going on here in this area now, the one thing that's been really cool is that we're out here now, and one of the things we had to sit there and think about is what, where, or what does God want us to do? Where does God want us to focus on? Now, Waco itself, there is a bunch of towns all around it. There's also towns near it. So God got us out here. Now, next step is figuring out where God wants us to focus. You know, just because we're in Waco doesn't mean necessarily that God wants us to focus on Waco. But at the same time, there's a connection that God wants us to have with Waco. Uh, we've had a couple towns, We've, like I said, you know, even the last few podcasts, we've gone around visiting different areas. And then there's still even a couple more places that we're going to go check out because we want to make sure that God is leading us where he wants us to lead. So you could pray for us as we... And I venture a little bit more. I mean, it's still a little hard to venture too much because the weather, yes, is still over 100, especially if you've been paying attention to Texas temperature. We've still been over 100. And it's not that fun to go out there throughout the day. So our our trips have been kind of fast and quick. We're going out to eat somewhere, or going out to a certain store, or going groceries, and maybe visiting one area just to kind of get a feel for a little bit. But you can't stay out in the sun too long because it's just too much. But regardless of that, God is slowly opening up doors, slowly directing the path, I guess you could say, to where he wants us to be doing here. So you guys can keep on praying for us. You keep on praying that things will just keep on popping out, showing itself, revealing itself. Because I could tell you this, you know, I was praying about God opening an opportunity to meet somebody and meeting this gentleman was definitely God sent. You know, because I prayed about it and he was even praying about it before he even met me. So God has plans and we just got to be willing to say yes to that. Anyway, so what we're going to be talking about today is continuing the story of the armor of God. Uh, as you know, last week was the 100th official episode. Um, I've done a few other things in between. But this was officially the 100th episode that we did. And it was about being messy, about messy people. Now, if you recall what I talked about in there, it's, it's very important to understand the importance of recognizing that we can't be perfect, okay? But we strive to be righteous. We just strive to follow Christ. We strive to obey his word, which is amazing. Two weeks ago, I talked about the helmet of salvation. Now the connection to the helmet of salvation is that the, it's the beauty of understanding what salvation has given us at the same time, building up our trust and faith in Christ because it was more about the mindset or the mind that we have. 
we feed our mind is dictated in how we think and how we present or look at the world through our eyes. Now this week is about the breastplate of righteousness. And if we understand what the breastplate is, it covers over our heart, the lungs, you know, the vital, those vital organs. And in battle, those are very vital. You know, if you, you get stabbed in the heart, you're not living. If you get hit in the lungs, you're not breathing. And there's a high chance you're going to die from that. So the idea is we notice with the helmet, it protects the mind. And I also, you know, if, if you think about it, it protects the, what you see. But now when we talk about breastplate, now we're talking about the heart and the lungs, what we breathe. How our heart is, uh, you know, what it sees, what it takes in, what it knows, what it believes in. You see, in scripture, well, first of all, before we go to scripture, we got to understand what does righteousness mean? Now, righteousness means the quality of being morally right or justified. Now, in today's culture, we understand how hard that can be because we have so many people trying to dictate. Well, you know, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, then it's not really that bad. That's not the truth, because we know morally there is a standard by which we must stand on, correct? If God has told us that you should not be doing A, B, or C, and you are doing it, then you're not being righteous, you're being a sinner, and you're following the way of the world. So we did talk about how our minds and the, what we think, it, it perceives how we see the world, while our heart perceives how we should be living into the world. Now, I want you to understand living in the world does not mean being of the world. It just means how we should live, like how, how we should take in whatever we take in in our heart and how it perceives in our moral perspective. You see, if we go to Proverbs 4, which I know I love the section of verses, it is starts in verse 20. It states, my son, pay attention to my words. Listen closely to my sayings. Don't lose sight of them. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them. The health to one's whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Don't let your mouth speak dishonestly, and don't let your lips talk deviously. Let your eyes look forward. Fix your gaze straight ahead. Carefully consider the path for your feet. And all your ways will be established. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Keep your feet away from evil. Now, it's kind of interesting. You know, it talks about the heart and then suddenly switches to the mouth. The eyes. You see, that's the connection you got to understand. You know, we're talking about the heart in this first half. The heart... And the mind have a connection. So if you don't guard your heart and you allow it to be filled with things that it shouldn't, it starts affecting your mind and your eyes and your mouth too. It also starts affecting 
breathing, what you breathe out. You know, the one thing about the heart that's important for us is that we need to understand that our natural heart has a deceptive factor to it that's run by the flesh, the desires of sin. So if you're not protecting it by filling it with God's word, by doing what is considered righteous, what's doing what is considered right, good, and wholesome. Not because you have the capability of doing it, but because you love God so much, you're willing to follow him. Because remember, we talked about that not too long ago. We're willing to follow him, so therefore, following him means we're going to mimic or copy or echo who he was here on earth. We're going to echo his commandments. We're going to go and look and read and study. We're going to pray. We're going to watch out what we put in our heads, what we put in our hearts. And we're going to protect. Because if we don't, what do you think is coming out of you? You know, we talked about how many times people say, well, I don't understand why why, why things aren't going my way? Why is it, Why do I feel like I'm always far away from God? Why does it feel like I, you know, like I, I trust God, but then things are just kind of not like, it doesn't make sense. And I'm frustrated and confused. And then you go and you ask them, well, do you, do you do anything that you shouldn't be doing? Oh, well, you know, I, I do, uh, I do occasionally drink to get drunk, or I know I do watch porn or I do watch shows that I shouldn't be watching or you know, I hang out with this crowd that, you know, they do a lot of bad things, but I still hang out with them. And they start spewing out all these, what I would say are problems. And then they're expecting themselves to be like morally okay, righteously walking, seeing God daily and walking in truth. But they hang out with people they shouldn't be hanging out. They watch things they shouldn't be watching. They do things they shouldn't be doing. They act in ways that they shouldn't, like cussing a lot and, and acting like a punk to their wife or friends when they know, biblically speaking, they shouldn't be acting that way. You can't live a double standard in life. You can't sit there and say, yes, I'm a follower of Christ, but then you still act and live like the world and then expect everything to be okay with you spiritually in your heart, in your mind. There's a connection, guys. And if you go to Matthew 12, and you go to verse 20, uh, 33, and to repeat, make sure it was in Proverbs 4, guys, the uh, first section. Proverbs, Proverbs 4, 20 through 27. But now we're going to go to Matthew 12, 33 to 37. It says, either make the tree good and its fruit will be good, or make the tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Root of vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil? For the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. Remember that. For the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. A good, good person produces good things from his storeroom of good. And an evil person produces evil things from the storeroom of evil. I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will have to account for every careless word they speak. 
For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Is that making sense now? See, if what you fill your heart, right? That's what's going to come out in your words. It's what's going to start filling your mind. And guys, it starts affecting how you treat your wife. It starts affecting how you treat your kids. It starts affecting how you treat people at work. Because, you know, we talk about, one to me, one of the number one sins that men struggle with is sexual sin. And you could deny it all the time, but that is something that will always, I believe, haunt men. You know, if you're blessed to not have been put into a situation where you got involved in porn, amen to you. You still struggle. Now, it's harder to me, I think, for men who struggled with pornography trying to stay righteous. You got to understand that that's what the whole point of protecting the heart and putting that breastplate of righteousness on it. Because when you're being righteous, you're seeking out to be morally righteous that means you're changing the way that you live to walk in the path of the lord and you can't do that if you're still chasing after the world doing worldly things chasing after desires that you'd rather have because there's a woman at work that's way more attractive than your wife at home Or maybe a show that you've been watching because that there's a woman there that gives you the desires that you want. That pleases you. You see, that's just one area. Now, you know, about you guys that come home and drink and you drink a lot because you're trying to forget your day. How do you think that affects your family? How do you think it affects your heart? How does it affect people around you? Or how about guys who come home don't want to deal with any real problems at home so they go and they jump into their hobbies again or they start working on their car they start see the thing is what we start filling our hearts it starts affecting the way that we bear our fruit you fill it with things that shouldn't be in there you're going to give out bad fruit to people if you put in the good things in there you're going to give out good fruit you know, it says in 34, brood of vipers, and we all know that Pharisees were called brood of vipers. So that also means self-righteousness. You got to be careful how you present yourself, that you're not presenting yourself in self-righteousness. Because sometimes people are struggling in their faith, and if you're just pointing out to them all their problems, and you're not really helping them to grow, you can't expect anybody to grow if all you're doing is criticizing them or attacking them spiritually. This is what I mean. This is the whole point of why this, that breastplate of righteousness is very vital to also the rest of the armor as well. Because when you and your heart are living a life that you think you're right, righteous than everybody else, or you're living a life of double standards, and then you're sitting around going, why aren't things right with God? Is because you, you're not right with God. 
you're living a life the way you want to live your life thinking that either one you are righteous and two you think that you just the amount that you do to look and quote quote righteous is enough to balance out the way you want to live in everyday life and you can't run around saying well i'm just the average guy that's just what guys do no that's the problem when you start teaching people that this is normal when God says it's not supposed to be that way, then it's not supposed to be normal, which means that you, you and me got to change something in our lives to not be what everybody keeps telling us is normal. That's why, you know, the phrase, well, boys will be boys. No, you need to teach them to behave, respect women and to obey God's word and to walk upright. They should not be running around treating girls like crap. They should not be running around uh, throwing stuff at people, being mean, getting aggressive, because that's not right. You can still be a strong man without being wrong and being evil, being not nice to people. A good godly man is not doing it out of anger, frustration, and hurt. He's not being the alpha wolf, angry, aggressive. That's not what God wants from you. One of the key things I think men miss a lot in what it means to be a man is gentleness. They don't know how to be gentle because they have filled their heart with what they think a man is supposed to be because they never spend time studying God's word, what a man's supposed to be. And a lot of times, like I say, men's ministry is not as strong as it should be in a church. In fact, I encourage the concept of a chivalrous knight type man. He should be willing to step up for those that can't defend themselves. He should be respecting a woman, even if it's not his wife, he should be respecting her. It's not the same as the wife. But he should be treating her with respect. Opening the door for someone else should be something that's natural. And you should be teaching your boys to do that too. Sorry, allergies are starting to bother me again. And one of the things I remember teaching like young guys and even young adults that I dealt with, I always told them, you know, you should open the door, whoever it may be, guy, girl, but you know, with girls, you shouldn't treat girls that you like better than you treat girls that you don't like. Cause that's the one thing I remember growing up. A lot of times the guys that like somebody, they treat that girl way more respectable, but they don't treat the girl that they don't like. Know, with the same respect anyway so the idea is guys the heart is the main deal here you got to protect it you got to watch over it because that's where the enemy is going to go for because he, he he knows if he can break the heart first it's going to make it way easier to get to the mind and vice versa they can go after your mind and they start breaking that down the heart will be a little bit less guarded because you're ready, your mind's already changing. So now your heart's like, well, maybe this is not, you start, start doubting. And then in reverse, 
but the heart does if you start filling the heart with things it automatically starts changing the mind like you just start seeing that connection there's no guarding of the mind in the same sec in the same respect because the heart is what is actually losing like losing the fight because the or whatever goes in the heart starts coming out in how you act treat talk whatever you speak it like connects all those pieces it's a really interesting connection Anyway, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back right after this. See you in a moment. Hey guys, welcome back to the second half of the episode. And we were just talking about the heart. We're talking about the, the connection of the heart and the mind. Now the second half, what's really interesting to me is the importance of understanding that what righteousness does as you walk in it. Because if we go right away to Romans 3, it states in verse 11 through 12, it states, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who will seek, oh, oh, sorry. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. All alike have become worthless. There is no one who does what is good, not even one. Now, I want you to understand this clearly. Because of sin, our desire is not to be necessarily righteous. Our desire is not to understand who God is, not necessarily to seek him. In fact, it's more interesting or more exciting to be more involved in what the world has to offer because of the many aspects that it provides over focusing on who God is. That is our natural course. Now, because we have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is always going to constantly try to dictate towards us to seek out what is of God. Now, Paul mentions the battle that he had between the flesh and the spirit. Now, you got to understand that righteousness is not going to be a natural step for someone who is not saved. Once we receive the Holy Spirit, and because our desire is to follow Christ, there is going to be the Holy Spirit's intervening in our everyday life to choose what is right. But for you to understand with your mind and your heart what is right, you got to know who God is. And it can't be the Jesus you made up, and it can't be a Jesus that you think should be. It has to be because of what scripture teaches. Now you got to understand that righteousness is a moral way of living. Now, morally speaking, we can point out all the different sins and it'll start being clear. We know that, you know, living with somebody that you're not married to, so a boy being with a woman, woman being with a man, right? That they're not married to is actually not a righteous step with God. Because you're not married. You can't expect God to honor your marriage or your, your dating relationship if you're sleeping together and living together. And I know we've talked about this several times. It's the same thing. If you're, and I have a friend who, who had this happen. He got married. He had, you know, finally got his daughter, you know, his baby, it's a, a girl. And she was you know, still young, but the guy was literally saying, you know, he was a Christian, but he was literally going home 
spends some time with his daughter and couldn't wait to put her to bed so he can go to his computer and look at porn. See, there is a moral issue in that situation. He's not being righteous. He may quote unquote be a Christian because he's appearing to be it, but he's choosing to chase after something he wants, right? He's chasing after the fleshful, fleshy desires that's inside his heart. And of, and of course, you know, over time and <clears throat> partially my testimony while being at work with him, he eventually realized that that's what he was doing. What he described was he had one hand on the cross and one hand on the porn. And what he was trying to do was have both. He was like trying to hug both. And then when he picked up his daughter this one day, it's like he said it was like a pop in his chest that it all clicked what Christ did for him. And it all clicked what God did by giving up his son. And he said it was like a change that he never ever had before. <clears throat> Completely like it like his mind was clear, his heart was clear. It's like it was like it was just things were cleared up. And then I watched this guy turn into like basically a John the Baptist type of guy. He was just telling people, every person that would come into his room, he would do the business and he says, you know, Jesus still loves you, there's still a chance. Jesus still loves you, there's still a chance. And just tell him about who he was. Now, what what made it so cool about this testimony was I was the, the Christian who came in. People saw me. I had even one guy try to come after me a lot. But they saw me. But then they saw the change in Nick. Right? And my friend, I'm, I'm going to call him Nick because it's easier. Um, Nick uh, changed, like, as he changed... Bob, who was always coming in to, like, worked with me, but also had to go into his room, started no noticing Nick's change. And he saw how I was. But he didn't come and ask me questions. He went to Nick because he saw Nick change. But the, he also would ask questions to me about other things. And I remember it was about a year later, Bob calls me into his office telling me, that you know he wants to take his family to church and it's because of what he saw how Nick changed but also how I treated him and how I acted you see we don't know what's going to affect other people because then also another manager named you know gonna use the name John uh, pulled me into the office and he said yeah, I've noticed the difference in Nick and I noticed the difference in Bob and now it's making me want to take my son to church. So he started taking his son to church. See, your testimony and the way you live can actually be more powerful than you speaking, which is why it's very important to understand that none of us are righteous, but if we're chasing after God to seek out righteousness, it's going to show because of what we allow in our heart versus what we don't allow in our heart, you know, what we defend and guard, starts changing who we are inside, which starts showing our faith outwardly. 
know if you ever played games or you ever you know involved with like watching movies one of the most cool thing about the chest armor area is that's where a lot of times where the logo or the signia of whatever group you're a part of is seen the tabard is usually laid over it representation by which you stand with is also one of the first areas that people notice you know what you have on your chest you know we wear shirts today and they have words on it or they have symbols or logos or stuff like that what do people compliment what is spoken across the chest correct it's the same concept when it's dealing with our walk with the Lord. What we have written in our hearts is going to be represented in how we live and, and are seen by other people. Our faith. There's a connection to our faith. Because we also know like the shield, the shield of faith, the shield also has the signia or logo or words that are on there too. And that's one of the first things people see as well. But every day in our normal lives, we know when we wear a shirt that's really cool, what do we want? We want it either in the front or in the back. Because sometimes, you know, people like to read the back, but even if it's just in the front, it's the, either side, there is this attraction to that center area, where's the chest in the back. Very interesting thought. Um, the next verse section that I want to talk about is over in Romans one. Now we're moving from Romans 3 to Romans 1. Verse 16, 17, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes first, to the Jews and also to the Greeks. For in the righteousness, as verse 17, for in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As that is written, the righteous will live by faith. So the thing is, the closer that we get to understanding who God is, the more we build that relationship, the more we spend in God's word, the more we double check our standards, the way we live, our moral beliefs, how we view the world, how we see things, what we allow in our heart, what we allow in our minds, what we allow out our mouths, everything that we start doing starts representing our faith outwardly. Because the righteous will live by faith, not by works in the world and things that they have to visually, visually see. Because it is by the faith that we stand with Christ that changes us. Because you remember, when we accepted Christ, there was a change in us, in our heart, in our mind, in the way we lived. Some people, their sins were instantly, like, just gone. Any addictions, any any issues that they were having suddenly were all gone they found peace they found joy they found christ they found a change that they could chase after they found a moral standard they can live by they were able to focus on something more than what the world had to offer and what their heart was allowing in all because they chose Christ. You starting to see that little bit of connection to all the pieces is still leading right to the image of salvation. The gospel message. This is why we're not supposed to be ashamed because the change in us, it makes us freer. It doesn't keep us captive. It allows us to not be 
ensnared and trapped by what the world has to offer. In fact, it allows us to be able to do more than what we could ever imagine because we have a God who has a plan out for us. He has his will, his plan, and we could be a part of it if you allow him to dictate it, lead you. I heard this last week from my new friend. You know, it's like a father to a child. When you go and you tell your son to go cut the lawn, but he's out in the garage working on the car. And so you go say, why, why are you working on your car and not cutting the lawn? Well, I wanted to work on the car. Yeah, but I asked you and I told you to cut the lawn. Yeah, but I want to do the car. <coughs> you see, that's the image that we keep doing. When God says, this is the way I want you to live. I want you to live righteously. And you can say, but Lord, I like being a glutton. I love eating tons of food. Lord, I like my sex life. It makes me feel good. Lord, Lord, I, I like being able to cuss. It allows me to have that freedom to be able to get rid of my anger. Lord, Lord, but drinking calms me. And Lord's like, but it's not righteous. You're using all that stuff to fill in what you're missing, which you feel like it helps you get comfort. You don't understand what peace means. Well, you know, I've been hurt growing up and I've been abused. Yes, but now you're excusing that because you don't believe that God can take care of you now. But Lord, no, I have this $120,000 job and you're telling me to move somewhere and cut my pay in half? There's no way I'll survive. God's like, you don't trust me? I, see, the thing is, guys, God doesn't send us in a situation without a plan. He's not throwing you somewhere thinking, you know, hey, good luck. Hope you can figure out what you're supposed to be doing. You know, yeah, I'm glad you listened to me and obeyed me. But hey, you can enjoy this trip of nothing. And I could say that because in the past 10 years, I've literally not had anything that most people would have normally by this time. My, my jobs weren't these nice high paying jobs where I was able to have my own place to get you know, a new car. I wasn't able to do any of that stuff. And then for the past 10 years, not now 11 years with my wife, you know, we've lived based off of base of God's providence, people's charity, and just him providing everything. There, there's nothing I can say that, man, it's because I did it because there was nothing. I literally graduated and nothing was happening that I was expecting to happen. And the number one thing I've been learning in all these 11 years is that God just does things when there is no way for things to happen. Because nothing is impossible with him leading the way. You know, it's the same thing when we look at the stories that are in the Old Testament, especially like in Jericho. Joshua was told, you're going to take that city. Lord, there's no way we're going to bust down those walls. You see how thick those things are? And the guards at the door, there's, there's no way, Lord. Well, I want you to get all the Levites and you're going to walk around it seven times for the next, I think it was seven days. 
and every day you're gonna walk around seven times blowing a trumpet and on the seventh day you're just gonna go around one i don't know i'm sorry maybe it was once around every day for seven days and the seventh day i want you to go around it like three times or seven times i, I didn't look it up unfortunately um and then there you know can you imagine being told that and saying oh yeah oh, yeah yeah this is this is gonna work you're just going around here it's gonna do something but you know what the thing is that joshua's joshua was walking in righteousness from one Two, his shield of faith was very strong. He believed because he's seen what God has done. Because remember, he was one of two out of ten spies who said that we can go and take the land. Now, he saw the same thing those other spies saw, but he still said we can do it. Now God's telling him, go around and do this walking. And he's just like, uh, yeah. So he went and did it. And what did we know? The walls came tumbling down. Now we know the story we know the story but we also know that song okay the idea is that god can do anything even when we least expect it to actually work but if you trust him you have faith in him that's that's the key thing master point is to focus on being righteous walk in faith honor him Trust him, obey him, follow the ways that he wants you to do. And when he says, I want you to take two steps forward and then take a left, you're like, but yes, but Lord, straight ahead is free, free reign. I can go anywhere. I want you to take two steps and take a left. You obey, you do it. And suddenly it's like more freer than you can ever imagine. You know, he goes, I want you to go through this dark valley. And you're like, but Lord, I don't want to go through that. It's, there's no way that looks horrible and nasty and frustrating. He goes, do you trust me? And, oh, of course I do. Okay, go through the dark valley. See, remember how the story was with Christian. He went through that one area and they told him, remember, stay in the path, do not divert on either side, or otherwise you'll die. And as he was walking, he could feel the evil around him. He could feel, I think it was dragons or monsters or dogs or whatever were trying to get at him. But he stayed in the path they couldn't reach. Now, God doesn't throw us into the pond expecting us to survive. He has a planned direction if you're willing to let him you know, lead you. But it starts with us right now, right here, in our hearts and our minds. If we protect and we defend it, we're not allowing the guck and evil stuff to come in. We're not allowing the world to penetrate our armor there. And we got to turn from the, the things that we are doing that we shouldn't be doing. We are to be seeking out righteousness in everything that we do and how we live. Let's pray. Dearly Father, thank you for this time. I ask that you bless this podcast for someone who's listening to be transformed and changed today. I mean, if they don't listen to the rest of the week, I ask that whoever listens that needs to hear this will hear it and will be changed. That this week will be a renewal of what they should have been doing a long time ago. That this week that someone will say, you know what, Lord, I have been walking with the armor of this world and not yours. Help me to walk in yours. Let them walk in righteousness. Let them turn from any sins, any evils that they've been doing, thinking that it's not that bad, but 
they have fully not understood the meaning of staying morally on track with you. I ask that you just bless those that have been trying and feel like they haven't got truly the answer they were hoping, Lord, that you would just show them your grace and your peace, that you would encourage them to keep on doing what they're doing, even if it is in a dark path or in a situation that just seems like there's no end. Give them understanding that you are there with them, that you want to encourage them, that even if it's an illness they know that it will never uh, get away from, even if it's someone who's going to die and they know that it's no way out of it, Lord, let them follow you in righteous trust, knowing that you have a plan, you have a purpose, and that you will take care of them no matter what's going to happen. Thank you for all that you do, Lord, and I pray blessings on those that hear this week. God bless you all, guys. I pray this in Jesus' name. God bless you all. I hope you have a good week, and I look forward to talking to you guys next time. See you next time. Thank you.